Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of All by the Popcorn. I'm Emily. And I'm Alessandra. And today we're going to be talking about two movies that have Oscar nominations because the Oscar nominations came out today. <laughs> yes, I woke up to them. It was very exciting. And then she immediately told me about them, which I then proceeded to look them up. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, we'll talk more about the nominations in another episode, but mm-hmm. uh, it just so happens that we're recording on the day that they were that they were Announced. Uh, released. Yes. But uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Marriage Story. Yeah. So where do we want to start? Probably A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, because mm-hmm. that, I watched, watched that movie so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sure. Uh, so this is the movie uh, with Mr. Rogers as the supporting uh, lead. Um, basically, it's kind of got a story of how this journalist um, is feeling lost and definitely doesn't have a good relationship with his dad. And then we kind of find out through how kind of interested Fred Rogers is in in talking to this journalist, Tom, uh, actually what happened with him and his dad and his family. Yeah, which is based off of true events. There was a journalist who wrote a piece on Mr. Rogers, and, uh, and so this kind of goes over kind of what happened and how that came to be. Yeah, um... I think people were surprised to see that this movie wasn't, um, that, like, Tom Hanks wasn't the lead. Like, it's not about him. You know, like, he's in the movie, yeah. but the the main character is Matthew Reese's character, Lloyd Vogel. Yeah, which is definitely something that I was, I, that was unexpected to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but still thought that was... It made it a bit more interesting, making it kind of more about Tom and um, and kind of just having Fred Rogers just be himself around him. Like, so I I think the way that they kind of wrote it definitely made more sense because, I mean, I have no idea really what, it, w- without it being a documentary, I guess, mm-hmm. with, uh, is with it being just about Fred Rogers and his kind of story. So I think this is a very interesting kind of take to take the movie in. Yeah, and the director is uh, Marielle Heller, who directed Can You Ever Forgive Me uh, last year. Yeah, I read that in the Roger Ebert uh, review. Mm-hmm. Did not did not know that. And, oh. Uh, it, def- it definitely makes sense. <laughs> like, just the way that yes. they, like to, they like to tell stories about people who kind of have their own personal issues and, like, need to overcome them and kind of 
have people in their lives that kind of help them out and figure things out. So this is definitely, <laughs> I could definitely see the resemblances. Well, I also could see it in a lot of the uh, pacing and editing of the movie. It was so um, calm and peaceful most of the movie. Um, and you have a lot of moments of, of reflection, which I think yeah, is definitely. what made the movie the most powerful like that's the most powerful part of the movie is, is the director really decides to sit and it, and it also kind of mirrors uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood it mirrors the Mr. Rogers show um, and it, it, so what I know about Mr. Rogers is that I watched I mean I remember seeing it on TV when I was a kid but I never really watched it um, I did watch that documentary uh, last year the one um, about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, that was... Oh, yeah, like, Will You Be My Neighbor or something? Yeah, Will You Be My Neighbor. I, I saw that um, in theaters with Anne. It was very good. I really, really like the documentary. And, of course, it's a very emotional story because Mr. Rogers is just such a wonderful person. Um, so it really, like, delved into his history and who he really was uh, as a person. So having that background of that watching that documentary and then seeing this movie with, of course, Tom Hanks, who's just, again, he's like similar to Mr. Rogers and he's just so cute and like, look, like really listens to you and like acts like he's really listening to you, like you're the most important person in the world, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I, and me as well, I, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Mr. Rogers, um... I was, <laughs> funny story, I was, I was a, a child model, and I was on a cover of Mr. Rogers' activity book when I was what? very young. What? That is my, I think that's my only connection to Mr. Rogers. Emily, where is this? Okay, I know my parents have a copy of it in, like, just my, they have, like, a box of, like, you know, crafts I did when I was a kid, and they do have some of the things that I, that I modeled for. Oh my and, god. But I have no idea where this box is. I know. I've been trying to ask them where it is, and my mom just keeps saying, like, ask your father. I bet it's in the attic. I mean, I don't know where else it would be. Yeah, no idea. But that that happened, and... uh, Oh my god. That's adorable. and, And I definitely agree with Tom Hanks being a really great Mr. Rogers. I mean, he's just... He's just a sweetheart, and, uh really probably the nicest the nicest actor you could ever meet probably yeah um yeah. and even though he really doesn't look like him uh he's just he's just amazing <laughs> that's so cute i love it yeah and i and i it did also say in the Roger Ebert um article that it is balanced well if you watch the documentary like they really go well together yeah um so that's interesting that you also said that. So it's it's double affirmative. Yeah, it is. Um, I so I guess like that's like to me that's a definitely a positive of this movie is a lot of the and that's kind of what got me in the like I started getting kind of emotional, especially uh, when he's in that um, like they go to Chinese food after um, Lloyd had like had his kind of panic attack thing. Yeah. Um, and he, like, takes him out to Chinese food, and they're sitting there, and then he thinks, like, 
he says to him, every, there's so many people who loved you into existence, and I just want you to, like, sit and think about that for a little bit, and then, like, the whole movie goes quiet, and everybody in the, the restaurant, like, sits and thinks about it. it. Yeah, they hear him, and they kind of just do it themselves. Yeah, and it's, like, clearly, like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of surrealism in this movie, which I was definitely not expecting. Um, in terms of like just the the transitions between the like the little mini sets and just like in Richard Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, and also just like uh, the main character's kind of psycho like he's going through a lot of things in his head, and so you get to like see that visually in a pretty surrealist way. Yeah, yeah, that's coming back to me. I definitely remember, I definitely remember those little mini sets because they were adorable. And then, yeah, I do remember him having, like, like, either dreams or just, like, his imagination would run away and we just kind of, like, saw what he was, what he was going through. Yeah, and that, the, how the movie starts is that, like, it's a picture, like, Mr. Rogers walks in, and this is thing, and then he, like, sits down, and he's like, here's my friend, and it's, like, a picture of Lloyd looking like he got beat up, and he's sad and scared, and then, like, Mr. Rogers, like, talks to the camera just like he does with the kids. Um, He's like, this is my friend Lloyd, let's learn more about Lloyd, and so it's kind of like a interesting framework to tell the story of, of... somebody who who's having a hard time getting closer to their dad yeah it's definitely laid out probably how a normal mr rogers neighborhood episode would be and which i think is very fantastic especially in the way that you kind of look at it and um i also really enjoyed how um you know the roger ebert article kind of touched on you know the movie kind of being nostalgic for in, for nostalgia's sake, like, you know, to kind of, like, just bring that out of you preemptively, not really let it happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a, a way that it helped with that was kind of showing the flaws of Mr. Rogers as well. Like, you know, yeah. telling, showing that he gets mad, he gets he gets scared, he gets anxious, mm-hmm. and he kind of tries to share how he deals with that. And so it just definitely makes him feel more real because, you know, when you're when you're watching him, he just seems like perfect and he mm-hmm. knows all the answers mm-hmm. and he knows how to make you feel better. And, and in reality, he's just really trying to help himself help others as well. Yeah. And you see the flaws in like, like that scene where Lloyd is with him in his apartment and he brings out the puppets and Lloyd is not having it at all because Lloyd keeps trying to ask him personal questions. And then, uh, Mr. Rogers just keeps deflecting. He doesn't answer his questions. He's just like, you know, what was it like for you as a child? And then Mr. Rogers is like, you know, kind of like, I had a great childhood, but let's talk about your childhood, you know? And he, like, really doesn't, like, allow anybody in to his own personal, like, issues, it seems. Um, Yeah, so he kind of just deflects on the fact that he's just more interested in in you and helping you out rather than himself. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. I also really like um, the Roger Ebert article talks about uh, the lighting and kind of how, like, when you're on the, the, the PBS set, mm. um, it's all, like, bright and wonderful and joyous. And then yeah. when 
when Tom is kind of like on his own, like doing his own research, watching. You mean Lloyd? Oh, it's Lloyd in the movie. It's Tom in real life. Oh, okay, okay. I did not catch on to that, Lloyd. Um, when he's like doing his own research and watching the episodes of Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, it's all like dark and dreary and very, uh, very just sinister almost. And then when they're like together, it's almost like it says it. Let's see. It says it right here. Like he's isolated and gloomy in these scenes, but when he's sitting across from Mister Rogers, it's almost as if the light from the host reflects back on the journalist. Quite oh. literally lighting his existence. <laughs> yeah. Him and his cute baby. <laughs> Lloyd? Lloyd's yeah. baby? Lloyd's like adorable little baby. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah. cute. Yeah, I definitely didn't didn't think this movie would be so like depressing. I mean, yeah, it is pretty depressing. Yeah. When he's like with his wife and they go to his sister's wedding and you know, him and his dad get in that fight and mm-hmm. it and just kinda how his father's kinda like stalking him afterwards and it's all it was all very serious. I really didn't think it would be this serious. Yeah, and not as much Tom Hanks as we would have expected. Um right. but I I really did like um I love Matthew Reese. I think it's great. I think a a criticism of this movie, I'd say that the story was a little bit um, flat. Like, in general, it's nothing really happens. I mean, his dad gets sick, and then he kind of forgives his dad after he has, like, a heart attack, you know, and then he has to, like, go take care of him, and that's, that's the movie. You know, it's like, it's, it, it goes through the different, the different like phases of him accepting his dad a little bit more um yeah but it just you know but then we also have like the relationship between Lloyd and his wife and how like they aren't really communicating with how Lloyd is feeling because he's kind of depressed and he's not like talking about how he's feeling with his wife um right so it's definitely got you know I, I think if if we saw a little bit more about the world around him, I, I would have liked that a little bit better. Yeah, or maybe it covered, I don't know, some some more time in Lloyd's life, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. This the story was was kind of inching along and kind of just covering a very a very small plot line. Yeah, but it it is a very nice movie. Um, I don't think it it did not get nominated for best picture, uh, but I think Tom Hanks think got just, nominated, right? Yeah, just Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, so you know, I I thought it might might have gotten nominated, but you know, whatever. Yeah, or maybe uh, maybe <clears throat> Matthew uh, Matthew Reese. You said his name was yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, I mean, maybe he would have been nominated for Best Actor, but, you know, maybe that was a snub. Maybe we'll talk about it in our <laughs> in our Oscar theories. Yeah. You never know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Well, so uh, do we let's... have much more? I mean, I don't really have any other highlights of this movie. I Did you like it? I did like it. I... It was... Like, as I was watching it, I just remember, like, 
I, I just remember like really taking it in. Like, like I, I went with my little sister and she was, she was kind of bored. I could tell she kind of like looked over at me in the middle and was kind of like, is it almost done? And I'm, <laughs> but I was like, I don't know. I, I felt, I felt pretty invested and like, I kind of wanted to, you know, I kind of wanted uh, Lloyd to figure his shit out and, <clears throat> and, uh, and I don't know, I, I kind of wanted to get to know Fred Rogers a little bit more because I really didn't know much about the guy at all. Yeah. So I, I found it very, very interesting. Almost, almost like I, almost like a documentary to me. I felt like I learned something um, that I definitely did not know before about a, about a childhood hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me read the plot keywords. Here we go. Uh, journalist, television host, Fred Rogers character, based on real people, based on real person. Um, wow, that's father, it? Father, <laughs> father-son relationship, fist fight between father and son, hand puppet. <laughs> yeah, this is like everything. <laughs> no music during right, end yeah. credits. Hmm. Hmm. Really? Yeah. There was no music during the end credits? I, uh, okay. <laughs> sure. I don't remember. I don't remember that wow. either. All right. Let's get take a look at the Metascore. It got an average score of 80, which is pretty dang good. It is good. <laughs> it is really good. The lowest one on here is a 60. Wow, that's not that's not half bad. No, it's it's not. I'll read it. Let's see. It's from yeah, Time Out. Uh, the film doesn't know how innocent it wants to be. Establishing shots of Manhattan's 1998 skyline arrive in the cutesy form of a colorful diorama, just like Mr. Rogers' show. But that gesture feels utopian and unearned, not to mention a little boring. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, a little harsh, but... But, I mean, that's kind of what we said. I know, I know. He <laughs> <laughs> just said it in a, in a more harsh way. I know. Uh, let's see. Which one do I like? Um, let's see. A Variety gave it a 90. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is a soft-hearted fable that works on you in an enchanting way. It's very, very short. <laughs> uh, I'll read the 100 from the playlist. Around the two men, Heller creates a world that blurs the lines between every form of communication to serve the panoramic impact of her sensitive, almost magical design. That was nice. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that was a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We got through it, everybody. One more film down. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, next one. Uh, marriage Story. Which ah. is about a whole different kind of relationship. Well, I mean, the Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood kind of talked about a husband and wife, but very little. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this this movie is 100% husband and wife uh getting a divorce and yep. uh and uh, the quite the terrible things that can happen during a divorce it's it was this was really quite eye-opening um, uh yeah i did not expect the movie to be like this as well um it was it was 
it was harsh. Like it, it was it was harsh to watch almost. Mm-hmm. Cause like, cause like you wanted to pick a side. Yeah. But like, but like you can't. I mean, they were both trying to be civil, but then once they, sorry. So the story. <laughs> do we do we just kind of need to pre uh, <laughs> some summarize this almost? <laughs> I mean, the story is about two people who fell in love, had a kid together, and then. Scarlett Johansson's character feels like she's not getting uh, the compassion from her husband that she wants from him. And she doesn't feel like he's giving her the breathing room to be who she wants to be. Uh, And so she divorces him. Um, And of course, they have their son in the middle of it, not to mention... Uh, she wants to live back in L.A. with her mother and her sister, and uh, Adam Driver's character doesn't want to live there. He wants to live in New York. So there's, like, a lot of things that they're fighting over. But they don't ever really have an open conversation about it. They mostly talk through their lawyers, which is... Uh, really frustrating because clearly their lawyers are fighting for them and it's just gets really messy. Yeah. And it's definitely interesting how the movie starts off painting this picture that, you know, their, their marriage seemed great at first, you know, they really loved each other. They, um, you know, they're, they start off in therapy kind of writing about, you know, what they, what they loved about each other, how, like what made them fall in love with each other. And so you kind of get this picture of you know how how great the two of them are and how wonderful they were for each other and then as the story like slowly continues on you kind of see the the little mess ups and the little miscommunications and the little things here and there that you know every relationship has they can't be perfect Mm -hmm. and it's just it's you instead of instead of instead of being on whichever person's side yeah i was i was kind of more like you know why didn't you handle this this way or why didn't you why didn't you communicate about this from the beginning like it was more like Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. why are why are you going this route when you could have gone this route i was never yeah truly on a side because yeah like both had their points both had very strong personalities Mm -hmm. and they just kind of butt heads but they just never seem to quite communicate properly totally and and that's you know, that's why a lot of marriages break up, because they're not communicating properly. And it's something that, you know, with this movie, you can see it from both sides, like you said. Um, and it's really hard to watch. Like, if you're watching this in a relationship, or you're watching this as somebody who's married, I mean, or somebody who's been through a divorce, it's probably very, um, like, understandable why people do the things they do, because... I can see why they don't communicate well. I can see why both of them and their flaws make it so that they they can't communicate like that efficiently, you know? And it's it sucks because so many people are like this and so many people's relationships are like this. So it's it's just so realistic. Yeah, it was and and once the lawyers came in, like they just they really it's it's almost crazy 
like and how eye-opening it is like just how deep they go i mm-hmm. mean they could have they could have handled this on their own civilly yeah but then when you bring in the lawyers they bring in like how much are you drinking why are you never in la yeah why do you think you're a new york family why do you think you're an la family yeah. it was all so it's like, harsh de- degrading and uh-huh. like and just so in your face when these both of these people seemed fine and just the lawyers are just just trying to bring out all the bad in them and yeah that's not yeah and that's not necessary yeah totally it's so it's so aggravating because that's what lawyers do and it's just like it's aggravating the way that they spin it and the way that they spin all of their little things like he tries to put the car seat in and then he or she had like a she slipped because she had too much wine or something like it is it is dumb how specific that they got because they both are good parents um and and then somehow out of all of this they don't like absolutely hate each other it's kind of like it's to me when I was watching this, I was actually really, really marveling up the fact about how much uh, patience um, Adam Driver's character had, because in every moment that he could have broken down and screamed and gotten so frustrated, he he like held it together, you know, until they had their like big blowout fight, um, which was amazing, and it, yeah, it's just like yeah, definitely. I mean, that fight was fantastic i mean the writing like the emotion like adam driver i just i i (laughs) there's like a part where he like screams like something to her and then just starts sobbing on the floor and you're just like dude i feel you like this sucks it's so hard it's so expensive and it like you really understood these characters i mean it is excellent writing like excellent totally totally agree i know that that scene was just so was so strong and just it really like like adam driver and scarlett johansson just did superb in these roles and superb so good (laughs) in this and kind of what you said about feeling feeling more bad for Adam Driver, because, yeah, I was reading this Variety article, and they definitely say that the movie does, and I agree, it, it definitely has more of a, like, you feel bad for Adam Driver more, because, you know, he, you know, it's, it's just, it's just crazy how even after, you know, Scarlett Johansson told him that he got a lawyer, and, and he was hearing things from the lawyer about what she said, and uh-huh. what the son was saying... Like, he's like, she wouldn't say that. She doesn't want yeah, that. She yeah. didn't, we never agreed to that. We never agreed to that, agreed to that then, right? It's like, he's not listening to her. Like, the problem was that he never listened to his wife. He never actually listened to her. And that was like, you know, it's such a relatable problem because so many men are like this. You know, you tell them stuff and they just don't understand. Like, they just don't hear it. it she, he, like, didn't hear what she really wanted. Because she was a, a wife and that's what she thought she should do, you know, like, she thought that she should go along with uh, whatever he wanted, you know? Well, yeah, because she never spoke up, like, like strongly about things, you know, mm-hmm. she would she would suggest here and she would, you know, yeah. put I think there, like, she wasn't saying, like, she wasn't sitting him down, because again, it was always like, yeah, we discussed it, but then we yeah. never did it. Yeah. Like, with this whole moving to LA thing, she kept... Like, yeah. this, it was just how the stories kept kept tweaking and changing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, well, I was I was trying to say this, but, like, but you never did. Like, that's the point. 
and yeah totally it was like he was not really listening to her being more subtle about things until she wasn't subtle like with the with the lawyers you know that was like really harsh and so yeah. it's something that she couldn't speak for herself um for and so she has her lawyer do it even though at the end like we agree like she agrees like that's not what she wanted from the lawyer and Laura Dern's like but that's you know you won like we needed you to win we didn't need him to win you know it it was just Laura Dern's character was such a shark she was but she but she was fabulous oh god I know that like patriarchy speech that she has is like amazing Yes, and just just the way that she would just like just like talk you down and just and just talk to you with such like a fuck you kind of way. Yeah. Like it would just she was amazing. Like my love for Laura Dern will never will never die. <laughs> like it's just she's she's so fantastic. I know. She she's got such a a fire and a strength and and I think that like that's what um, Scarlett Johansson's character really clings to because that's something that she wishes she could be like she wishes she could have done something so divisive and so you know uh, strict with her husband because he was just like doing whatever he wanted he was a director like he's he's in that position of male power where he doesn't even realize what he's doing that he has power and that others are going to uh, bend to his will, you know? Yeah. It, and it there's so many men like that in in the the theater and in the film industry um that just assume others are going to bend their knees for them, you know? Like that's it, he just assumed it. Like he didn't even ever really think that she wasn't going to do what he wanted her to do, you know? And it just like but, you know, of course, they they have their own relationship and it's really complicated, but it's just like, that's why I love this movie, because it explored, like, really who people are and how they communicate. It's it's just insane. It's it's so wonderful. It's such a good movie. Yeah, and I've been noticing that with a lot of movies that have, that have been coming out this year. They just, like, they're so real and they're so, like, just, just human and... And like harsh, I mean, because people need to see that this is how you act, and yeah, and they and they need to be aware of this. Like I, I feel like like Waves was kind of the same way, yeah. Where they just really delved into the emotional dynamic of a family and what all needs to be supported, yeah. And 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 even like Honey Boy, I mean, all those all those personality traits and all of those flaws were put on the table for you to see, and you just needed you just need to realize them. Mm-hmm. It's, like, such a deep dive, such a, like, amazing character choices and and how we represent those people. I just thought that this screenplay was impeccable. It it just, it just blew me away. It was. What, what, Noah, Noah Baumbach. Mm -hmm. So I think I was reading about, so was this guy, was this person married to... He is in a I, I was, uh, he's in a relationship with Greta Gerwig. They have a, okay. a daughter together. But he was previously married to 
to an act to another actress. Yes, he was married to That's what Variety said. Yes, he was married uh, to Jen- uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes, um, and, and that this and that this movie was kind of about their divorce. I, sure, I I do rem- remember that. I, I looked this up a while back, and uh, he was directing Greta and stuff, and that was around the time that him and Jennifer Jason Lee broke up. Um, and then him and Greta got together. Um, so it's kind of a, it's interesting because we have kind of a crazy, unprecedented, if only Greta was nominated for Best Director, it would have been like both of them at the Oscars, you know, but they did both get nominated for Screenplay, which is crazy. Which is better than nothing. Yeah. Um, poss- possibly another snub. I don't know. We'll talk about it <laughs> in our Oscar Theories podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I, I really don't know what else to say about this movie other than it was phenomenal. It, it really was. I was just blown away. The mom is hilarious. Um, oh, yeah. She just is so funny. That's the lady who's in Airplane. Airplane. You know, the, the, the spoof. Airplane. Comedy. Oh. Oh. I've never seen that. Oh, I love Airplane. Yeah, she's, like, got this really high-pitched, like, breathy voice, you know? She's just... And that other actress we like... Oh, is, yes! Uh, is in it as her sister. Who, yes! Uh, she was in, she was in, like, what was it, Lawless? or Godless. Or, she was uh, in Godless. Godless. Yes, and she won the, the um... She won the uh, Emmy for it, I believe. Uh, what's her name? Um, I could just Merritt Weaver. Merritt Weaver. Yes. Uh, also, do you remember Merritt was in that um, movie, the really, really, really bad one um, with all the dolls and uh, what's his name? Steve oh, Carell. Oh, yes, the secret or what is it? A world of Marwin or something? Yes. Welcome to Marwin. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, that that was that so bad. Movie. Oh, that movie. Uh, she was also really good and unbelievable. Yeah, that's what you. Oh, I remember she was also in that. Yeah, she's yeah. uh she's she's doing things. She's going places. That that I, scene uh, where she's like has to serve him with the papers, and yes. she's so worried about it. She's like, so when is it going to happen? When when should I? It, that whole entire. Like, Let me practice. <laughs> yeah, she's like. I I don't know when this is gonna be a good time to do this. Um, he like brought a pie. He's like he's like in the house. Everything's everything's like normal. The kids like pooping. It, it just it was so. <laughs> that little kid though. He oh god. He annoyed me so much. He's like the perfect representation of just a little annoying child. Like you know, not saying what they want to say, and. Just and just not not <sighs> listening and like being a just being a little pooper. Uh, yep. <laughs> but um, he was. I th- I thought he was really good though. I love when he would wear his shorts and his long socks, and she's like, he just doesn't want to feel the air on his legs. And he's like, well, I know. Why wouldn't he wear pants? I know. It's so funny. <laughs> this movie was like so was like had really great humor written to it as well because you can't help but pull, like, the hilarity from this terrible situation. Yeah, like, yeah, either, either totally. Either from your kid just being, like, dumb and hilarious or yeah. just, like, the crazy things that 
that like they would say to each other or just the things that would happen. I mean, uh, it just was it I it just was very real. The um the music was extremely good. Um so worth noting um because it's um what's his name? I'm just going to make sure I don't get it wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the same um composer as Toy Story. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so it got it has like a lot of piano. It's really kind of whimsical. Oh, Randy Newman. Yes, Randy Newman. Yes, I mean it was so wonderful. Um, I really, really liked it because it just set the scene every time. Also, the cinematography was gorgeous and beautiful, and the like symbolism that they have, like. Oftentimes, like when the sun is between them, there you could see he's pulling them apart, like pulling them from one to the other. Um, if there's like that scene where they're closing the the gate, and he's got the kid, and he, like Adam Driver like went over to close the gate for her because she couldn't get the gate closed, and it it's just yeah, and the way they looked at each other as they closed the gate. <sighs> Yeah, I almost I was tearing up at the end when when this when the son was reading the paper that oh yeah that Nicole had written for him and mm. and Adam was reading it and I was just he like, was crying mm. yes oh my god it was, it was too much it's, it was too much it's so he's so good I love Adam Driver so much I just he was so good I just. God, I love him so much. It kills me how much I love Adam Driver. <laughs> He's really great. I know. Uh, so, um, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, when I first saw this movie, um, especially with the poster, it really, really reminded me of Kramer versus Kramer, which I have never seen Kramer versus Kramer, but it it is... Uh, it's a similar idea of two people breaking up, um, and it is played by, um, Meryl Streep and, um, Dennis, Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. And yeah, the the, uh, Variety article talked about it Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was was saying that most people didn't like Marriage Story because they didn't feel like it was as good as Kramer versus Kramer, but it was interesting. I want to read what it had said, what the variety part had said. I, I have, I have like a, an article open and it's kind of interesting because they are talking about how different they are. Um, even though they are fighting, like it's not clear, like in Kramer versus Kramer, we have to be, which came out in 1979. Um, we have to be proven that like Dustin Hoffman's character, like, deserves to be a good father. Like, he never, he never really, like, expresses that he's a good father in the movie. Um, yeah, that's where, what the Variety article says. Whereas in, in Marriage Story, it's very clear that Adam Driver's a good father. So that's why you feel so bad when they're like, you're going to get your son taken away from you. And it's like, it's one of the things that she loves about him is how he's a good father, you know? And it's, he is a good father. Like, it, it's, 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 that scene where he does, like, the little blade thing when that lady's in his house. I mean, that was, like, the worst. That was so hard to watch. And that woman, like, comes over and she has, like, the personality of a cardboard box. And it's just, like... Yeah, she does. 
He, the, she really did. The, he's, like, trying to prove to her that he's a good dad and he does all these things for his son. And then it's just, like, he's not going to win this argument. Like, he lives in a... First of all, he lives in, like, a little apartment. And she lives in a house. And, you know, he gets to go to school with all the kids. And he doesn't want to be with his dad. And, like, there's so many different things. And then when he does that switchblade thing, and he, he starts bleeding profusely and just kind of lays down on the ground. I mean, I... Just the pain of knowing that he's lost and knowing that he's, like, in so much pain. I just... Oh, my God. That was... Yeah, that scene was pretty shocking. I, d- I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, oh, my gosh, is he going to need to go to, like, the hospital or something? Or, or like, what's this lady going to think? And he's just, like, trying to... Trying to... And, the, and he was trying to help her out with the door because it gets all jammed. And there's and he's, like, blood, getting blood on everywhere. the door. Oh, God. Oh. And I... And I'm just like, what is this lady thinking right now? And she just never comes back. Like, it's just, it's just never, no, it's, it's just never it, brought back. They lost because happened. that was the end. It was like, but the next yeah. scene was them, the, the three, like the mother, the daughter and the sister were like, they were all singing that song. Oh, also there's the music from company in this, um, this movie, um, which is a musical, um, from the seventies. Um, and it, it, several of the songs were in this movie, including the song that Scarlett Johansson sings with her mom and her sister, and then also the one that Adam Driver sings at the end. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was wondering where those songs came from. Yeah. So that's got to totally, like, add it on, you know, if anybody knows anything about company, it's kind of like another layer of, um, just the way that this movie is, you know, it's, it's, it's got another bit of depth to it. Yeah. And I mean, and these people are theater people, so it does make sense that they would kind of break out in song or, you know, have mm-hmm. that tendency. So it kind of kept with the, even though, even though the play that they showed in the beginning was like very dramatic and very like, yes, that was very intense. Electra. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also was impressed I, I I thought of this the whole time I was thinking, I think that this is going to be a big contender at the Oscars and that the critics and the people in the industry would love this movie for many reasons. Um, one, it's about uh, New York versus Los Angeles, which everybody just loves to debate that constantly. Um, it's also about um, people in the industry. It's about actors and directors and, you know, people in, in the limelight. And, again, the industry absolutely loves movies about itself um, just every time. Like, you know, La La Land, uh, Argo. Like, anything that has to do with the film industry, they're like, yeah, we love that. Um, And then also because of the fact that every single person in the film industry has at least one divorce. So. Yeah, definitely. 100%. 100%. Those are those are all great points and this could this could definitely win because of them. <laughs> but again, something we will discuss in the Oscar episode. Yeah, I just had to say those points. I've been holding on to them, waiting to talk about it this entire time. And you'll, pro- and you'll probably bring them up again in the Oscar the episode. The fucking industry loves movies about itself. Oh my god. So conceited. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, man. All right, let's take a look at these plot keywords. Okay. All right, we've got New York City, Brooklyn, New York City, 
Los Angeles, California. West Hollywood, California. Actress. <laughs> what? What Those are, are these? all horrible? No. Okay. Well, finally, well, once you get into the other ones, there's there's divorce and and arm cut. There's an arm cut. Oh, one. oh no. Accidentally oh, the trick or treating oneself. scene was was so terrible. Uh, I loved your David like, Bowie outfit, but damn, what, like he's like, I'm gonna drive you around. We're gonna go here and here, and it's like he's tired. Yeah, and she gives him like second Halloween, which is just horrible. Like, uh, what the heck? It was horrible. What the heck? It was so horrible. Oh, I just man, it's so hard to watch this movie. It's so sad. <laughs> it was yeah. It was. It was long. It was, it was long and harsh, Ugh. for sure. Oh man! All right, let's see. Oh, and the, oh, there's no opening credits. There you go. That's another plot keyword. Okay, let's take a look at these one hundred meta scores. <laughs> yeah, a ninety-three average meta score. That that's is... great. That is great. It's because it's that a fucking great movie. Great. It's, it's, it's G. It's it's a perfect movie. It's so good. Yeah. Oh man, I don't even know which one to which one to do. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna read the variety. No, I'm not gonna read variety because I hate variety. How about the playlist? <laughs> Uh, which got okay. a 100. Um, at once funny, scalding, and stirring, built around two brava performances of incredible sharpness and humanity, it's the work of a major film artist, who one who shows he can capture life in all its emotional detail and complexity, and in the process make a piercing statement about how society now works. Okay. Alright. Let's see. I kind of like the IndieWire, even though it's short again. I just like what it said. I gave it a 91. The brilliance of the movie lies in how it starts from a familiar place, then sneaks into transcendence. Nice. And the 80 from The Guardian says, Bombach seeks to mine his material for laughs no matter how desperate the situation becomes. Yeah, which again, I mean, the movie was so was so harsh that it ne- it needed some, yeah. some lighthearted moments. Yeah. And, uh, and like life isn't all terrible. I know you have its terrible moments, but uh-huh. you gotta you gotta laugh here and there. Yeah, it's it it does it does do that. It does have that like those moments of being like this is ridiculous. Like why is this happening? This is the worst. It it sucks and it's hard and we have to laugh about that scenario sometimes. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. I just so that was yeah, that's marriage story. <laughs> that was marriage story and a beautiful day in the neighborhood. If uh, if you if you watched any of these movies and and liked any of these movies and have some thoughts that you'd like to share with us, please comment. Uh, you can comment on Facebook. Just search "All by the Popcorn" podcast and like our page, and you can comment right there, and we'll see it and respond to you. And. Uh, if you like this episode or if you like any of our other episodes, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. That really helps other people see our see our little show that we have here and uh and if there's anyone out there who needs another another movie podcast to listen to, huh. they can they can find us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a million out there. <laughs> 
Um, and if you need notifications on future episodes that we release, you can follow our social media. We've got Twitter at by the popcorn and Instagram at all by the popcorn podcast. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes or just want to reach out and say hi, you can email us. We've got uh, all by the popcorn at gmail.com or all by the popcorn podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.